small amount of red wine every night is not bad. So a small amount is not a bottle. It's like a little glass. It's a regular. On the Experts Connect podcast, we have thought-provoking conversations with top-performing experts on topics that matter to you. With Experts Connect, you'll uncover fascinating facts and gain the necessary skills you'll need to improve all aspects of your life. Hi, Tahira. How are you doing today? Hi, I'm great. How are you? I'm doing well. So we're happy to have you here on the Experts Connect show. Can you tell us a bit about your background? Okay, well, firstly, my name is Tahira Redwood. I am a Jamaican uh, born and grown. I studied internal medicine in Jamaica at the University of the West Indies, and currently I am doing interventional cardiology after studying general cardiology at the University of Toronto in Toronto, Canada. So that's what I'm currently doing, basically cardiology. Very impressive, Tahira. Well, you're going to be talking to us about coronary heart disease today. So please tell us, what exactly is coronary heart disease? Okay, well, coronary artery disease is a very common disease. In fact, it is the leading cause of death in the first world countries and in the Caribbean. It is can affect anyone, um, usually over the age of 35. But as you get older, your risk increases. And there are other risk factors that contribute to this disease, including diabetes, hypertension, obesity, sleep apnea, and end-stage renal disease or kidney failure. So it's basically what happens is there's like buildup of lipid cholesterol within the blood vessels in around the body, but more specifically in the heart. And this can decrease blood flow to the heart, causing things like heart attacks or heart failure. Interesting. And you mentioned the risk factors, but can you dive a bit more into the modifiable and the non-modifiable risk factors of this disease? Sure. So like with most diseases, there are modifiable and non-modifiable risk factors. The modifiable risk factors are things that we can change. So we're not born with it. It's usually habits that we've picked up lifestyle. And this includes smoking, which is a significant modifiable risk factor. So we always encourage people to discontinue smoking um, when possible. Uh, other modifiable risk factors is, of course, diet. So we do recommend a well-balanced diet high in your vegetables and fruits, but also balanced within the other uh, food groups. Weight, obesity is a significant modifiable risk factor. We recommend the daily exercise at least 30 minutes per day most days of the week. Um, that's usually enough to modify your, your risk factor in terms of obesity and of course keeping a normal body mass index also known as BMI and trying to keep your waist basically smaller than your hips is really the, the goal of uh, obesity uh, control. And then you have non-modifiable risk factors. This includes hypertension which may be genetic or maybe because of increased salt intake or kidney problems um, or other diseases. And then you have diabetes, which is very common, especially in the uh, first world countries um, with the westernized diets. And it's also, you could get it from being obese. Um, so that that's why weight control is so important. And diabetes is controlled, can be controlled with diet and or medication. 
and other non-modifiable risk factors includes race, um, such as Southeast Asian race are usually at more high risk. Um, the black population is also at increased risk for coronary artery disease. So those are some of the modifiable and some of the non-modifiable risk factors. Thanks for sharing. And you recommended that we engage in at least 30 minutes of exercise per day to reduce the chance of getting the disease. But are we supposed to be doing cardio or strength training? What's your recommendation there? Okay, so the recommendation is really anything that will bring up your heart rate. Mm -hmm. So it can be either cardio, so like jogging, cycling, swimming, um, those are really good. And I would say those would be the top recommendation, but also if you prefer things like weightlifting, um, light weights with a lot of repetition gives you a kind of cardiovascular protection. So as long as your heart rate goes up, then that's um, the aim for any kind of exercise. So it's whatever you feel comfortable with, whatever doesn't you know, put more strain on people who have like knee problems or anything, as long as your heart rate's going up and you're doing at least 30 minutes a day, that's usually the recommendations. It can be either or. Cardiovascular exercise is more better. So jogging, running, swimming, cycling, that kind of thing. Yeah, that's good. Thank you. And you know, in our context, coming from Jamaica, many times people say, say like, you know, the doctor said I have high cholesterol and people start worrying when they hear that news. But can you dive a bit into the link between cholesterol and coronary heart disease? So high cholesterol is pretty common, especially because we have, you know, the westernized diet, you know, and it's well adopted in black people and in the Caribbean. And basically that's a diet which includes usually high protein, high fatty foods, high fatty acid uh, containing foods and less vegetables and fruits. And the link between high cholesterol and coronary artery disease is because the cholesterol it gets deposited in the walls of the blood vessels. And this is what causes atherosclerosis or plaque. And this eventually builds up over time and can completely occlude vessels. And this, they can break off and cause heart attacks or they can occlude vessels causing heart failure in the, in the long term. Yeah, and this is getting really interesting, but let's break it down a bit for our audience here. So you said foods that are high in fat, right? What, what are some examples of these foods that have high cholesterol? Okay, so the, like your dark meats, you know, butter, uh, cheese, any kind of meat that's high fatty, red meats, um, especially not the lean part, large amounts of meats. Some things like avocado is also high in fat, but you know, everything is in context. It really depends on the amount. And what I try to stress to people, especially people that want to go on diets, I don't strongly believe in diets. I strongly believe in eating the right amount of food. And the one of the biggest issues is humans have adapted to eating larger amounts of food that they actually need. So the, the aim is to eat smaller quantities of the food that you like and try to balance it so that you can be consistent with a normal diet, which is just really what you, the amount of food that you're supposed to be eating. Because when you do crash diets and not eating and ketogenic and things that your body is not used to, it's very hard to maintain those kinds of things. So even though, you know, at least say avoid fatty foods and butters and fried food, I, I say that if this is what you like, then you should be able to eat small quantities of it. It's when you eat three pieces of, you know, fried chicken, then, you know, that's above and beyond, but you know, one piece is okay. 
Yeah, so inspiration is key here. In everything, I think. Yes, most definitely. So you mentioned atherosclerosis. What exactly is that? Atherosclerosis is basically the buildup of, as we mentioned before, cholesterol and lipid within the blood vessels of the, the arteries in your body. Um, they're just little small molecules that over time just build up and build up. Some persons actually, even at a very young age, have high atherosclerosis in their body from things like familial hypercholesterolemia, which is basically you have high cholesterol and it runs in your family. And even though you might, you know, diet or exercise, it may still be high, but we still recommend the number one things to treat that is diet and exercise. And then maybe we'll add medication if it's not controlled on those things. So atherosclerosis is the buildup of all of those things, cholesterol, lipids, uh, you may have heard of LDLs or VLDLs, it's just very low density lipoproteins and all of these just build up and cause a, a massive plaque in the, in the arteries which can eventually block it. Yeah, this is very digestible. Thanks for breaking it down. So what exactly are the signs and symptoms of coronary heart disease? Okay, so many people can have coronary artery disease and not realize it until it's too late. Mm -hmm. um, so we recommend, you know, yearly follow-up with your general practitioner, doing your lipids, uh, checking your HbA1c to make sure you're not developing diabetes, checking your blood pressure to make sure you're not uh, developing high blood pressure and, of course, exercise. But eventually, you may start to have chest pain, and you may have chest pain initially on, you know, walking quickly or running, but then it may progress to just occurring at just sitting down. Some people have very severe chest pain and this may be a heart attack or some people just have mild chest pain and it could just be the atherosclerosis that we're talking about just building up and blood flow going through sometimes and when they don't when it doesn't go through you feel the chest pain other people may just have shortness of breath especially females they may not have the typical chest pain syndrome that you expect in in coronary artery disease they may just have shortness of breath difficulty breathing on climbing stairs on walking or jogging or just doing their regular daily activities, sleeping, you know, going to school, they may have a shortness of breath. So, you know, we especially focus on women to tell them that, you know, the typical symptoms don't show in everyone. Especially if you're female or you're diabetic, you may have other symptoms like shortness of breath. Some people may have numbness or pain in their left arm. Some people may have numbness or pain going up their neck or to their left jaw. So it can present different ways, but the most common ways is with chest pain on the left side of it. Yeah, interesting. And what are the long-term and the short-term effects of this disease? Well, short-term, if you have very severe coronary artery disease and you have a heart attack, of course, you know, the worst thing that could happen is death. Um, otherwise, you can have significant damage to the muscle of the heart. And significant damage to the muscle of the heart is called heart failure. And this basically says the heart just is unable to pump blood around the body like it's supposed to. So this can affect your kidneys, causing kidney disease, eventually leading to hemodialysis. This can cause uh, strokes. This can cause one of the most common things is heart failure symptoms. And basically you have buildup of fluid because the body can't get rid of the fluid like it's supposed to. You get leg swelling significant shortness of breath, you can't do the things that you used to do, you have to be on medications as water tablets to try and get that water off. So heart failure is one of the biggest complications that we do try to avoid. 
and that has like the biggest mor morbidity you know this affects quality of life significantly and decreases the life expectancy by five to ten years if you develop it so that's some of the long-term things that you can get with coronary artery disease and of course you can get recurrent heart attacks which of course will affect the quality of life of um, someone and some people won't be able to continue working depending on how many heart attacks they have interesting and what happens if we don't actually treat the disease once it's detected? So if we don't treat the disease once it is detected, it can lead to all of those complications. You know, it can really affect the quality of someone's life. They can lose their job. They can lose their pilot. They can lose their pilot license. If they're drivers, their trucking license. Um, if they're construction workers, they can, you know, uh, lose their jobs, uh, especially in those high-risk fields. And so if we don't treat this, this can really affect your quality of life. It can cause you to die in the near or long term. And, you know, it can affect your family, uh, your relatives. They'll be affected because your quality of life is infected. Your income is, um, is affected. And if they lose you as a loved one, that will significantly affect them as well. Yeah. And how can we prevent coronary heart disease? Okay, so there, there are many ways to prevent coronary artery disease. Uh, if you have it running, if it runs in your family, especially, and you know that, you know, you have brothers, sisters, mothers, fathers, aunts or uncles that have had heart attack, heart failure, or other heart disease, you know, you ensure to go to screen early at your doctor, your general practitioner. If you have, you know, uh, a certified herbal medical doctor, they can assist you in one lifestyle balance because lifestyle is going to be first and key and primary prevention of coronary artery disease. As we mentioned, exercise. Exercising most days of the week, so at least four days for the week, every day. I mean, it doesn't have to be 30 minutes in one go. It can be 15 minutes in the morning, 15 minutes in the evening, whenever you have time, if you're watching TV, if you're cooking. Um, exercise is really the key because that can help drop blood pressure, that can help prevent diabetes, and of course, that can prevent obesity. Other preventative methods, include balancing your diet. As we said, that's most import, important, ensuring that your diet is, is adequate. It's not too much. It's uh, within moderation and it's well-balanced. It includes all the vitamins and minerals that it, you need. Uh, this can, you can get assistance by a dietitian if you, if you need one with help to make a diet that you can stick to. And when we say diet, we don't mean like a crash diet or, you know, we just mean your regular daily intake of food. Uh, of course, your modifiable things like stop stopping smoking, and that's really key. Um, avoiding any type of smoking, vaping, anything with tobacco is really the main things to avoid. Um, when it comes to avoiding smoking, avoiding being around people with secondhand smoke. Um, of course, keeping mentally active, and if you keep mentally active, that's also very good. Uh, weight loss if you're overweight so assistance with weight loss and you know help getting someone to help you with weight loss a physiotherapist a trainer or just you yourself going to a park you know around your block around your house and assist you in losing weight uh, low salt diets especially if your high blood pressure runs in your family uh, doing low salt uh, in your food you know just seasoning with other herbs instead of salt um, can be really helpful and of course, you know, a regular checkup at least once a year with your family doctor to ensure that all your blood studies are normal, your, your diabetes studies are normal, your blood pressure is normal, your weight's okay, and your other uh, minerals are okay in the bloodstream. So 
So those are the ways to really prevent uh, from coronary artery disease. And you can get tested for coronary artery disease. Uh, it's not a very uh, hard. You know, we usually just do a basic ECG at first. If you don't have any symptoms, that's probably all you need. But if you have symptoms, we might make you do an ultrasound of the heart just to make sure there is no abnormal wall movement or anything like that. And if it's very severe or we're very concerned, we can do more invasive but low risk tests such as an angiogram, which is what we do in interventional cardiology, where we really look inside the body, inside the blood vessels to look if there's any atherosclerosis in there. Yeah, that's very enlightening to hear. And are these methods, these preventative measures actually applicable to people who already have been diagnosed with coronary heart disease? Definitely, 100%. Everything that we have mentioned before has been shown to decrease the risk of death from coronary artery disease after you have been diagnosed with coronary artery disease. So many of our patients with coronary artery disease uh, any cardiac problems are sent to cardiac rehabilitation to help them get back up to an exercise level that they can tolerate to help them prevent future events. Because if you have coronary artery disease, you will always be at risk of having heart attacks. So to, to decrease that, you have to do lifestyle modification. So if you have coronary artery disease and you stop smoking, it will put 10 years on your life. But if you have coronary artery disease and you keep smoking, you can have a heart attack and your life expectancy decreases by 10 years. Uh, if you adjust your diet, you can actually prevent progression of atherosclerosis in your arteries. So that is really helpful. And of course, exercise, blood pressure management. If you have other diseases like diabetes already, just controlling those diseases well can help prevent you from getting adverse effects like heart attacks from the coronary artery disease. So these preventive measures are very key in already diagnosed persons, or even if persons have heart attacks or heart failure already, we still recommend these same things because they have shown to improve quality of life and extend life expectancy in this disease. Great. Thanks for sharing. And just one quick question and clarification point. So just putting it out there, people who have been diagnosed with coronary heart disease, they shouldn't be jogging, right? Am I if they have coronary heart disease, yeah. they, they can jog. They can jog, but you have to so if you've just had a heart attack, we usually, of course, say, you know, don't do exercise for a couple of weeks, but, you know, you should still walk around and do. And then we have to build you back up to a level where you can exercise. So we do recommend exercising the same exercise regimen four days a week, at least 30 minutes for people with coronary artery disease, as this helps prevent progression of coronary artery disease. So we do still recommend exercising. It should be initially observed just to ensure that nothing untoward happens while you're exercising until you are at a level where you can just exercise by yourself. But we do recommend exercising to prevent progression of your coronary artery disease. Okay, thank you for confirming this. And Tahira, can you share a few tips with our audience on how all of us can live a heart-healthy lifestyle? Heart-healthy lifestyle. So some tips, uh, the things that I do, uh, make a list like when you're going grocery shopping to try and make it balanced. Things that you don't need, you know, desserts like switching out desserts for fruits. So instead of eating ice cream, maybe you can eat grapes or, you know, pineapples. They're a healthier alternative in terms of your diet. Always try to find a healthier alternative. So if it's not rice, it can be cauliflower rice, you know. If it's not spaghetti, it can be like zucchini noodles, right? There are many healthier alternatives that you can eat in your diet and that will taste just as good. 
um, once effort is put into making that list and that's one tip the second tip is exercise whenever you're free like you know you may not be able to schedule a specific time to exercise and for me while I'm waiting if I have something in the microwave I will go on the cycle until the microwave is finished and you know that counts into my days 30 minutes of exercise to just take the opportunity to do some form of exercising whether it's parking in the furthest spot of a car park to walk to a mall instead of parking at the closest parking spot all of that is helpful all of your steps will count um, regardless so that's another tip and of course, avoiding smoking is one of the biggest and in theory easiest uh, tip I can give. Uh, one of the hardest things to do is to quit smoking, of course, um, but always you know, try to avoid starting. And if you do try every single time to stop, um, there are many groups that can help you uh, to stop smoking. Uh, but I, my biggest things are uh, eat healthy, continue exercising and always check you know, your blood pressure at least once a year and check if you're developing that diabetes once a year. Great. And I just remembered something. You know, they always say red wine is good for heart health. Is that correct? A small amount of red wine every night is not bad. So a small amount is not a bottle. It's like a little glass, just a regular uh, glass of red wine, not a full glass a little bit is very good for heart health so definitely if you're a wine person you definitely can continue that um, alcohol in moderation of course binge drinking is not advised drinking six bottles every night of beer is not advised but of course occasional drinking is quite fine okay interesting thank you so much Tahir for sharing your knowledge on maintaining good heart health with us. We really learned a lot, a lot about coronary heart disease. Thank, Thank you so me. much. Thank you for having me. This was great. I hope it's super helpful. Great, you're welcome. Thanks for tuning in on Experts Connect. Please head on over to teachsomebody.com and give us an applause. You may share your comments and ask your questions in the comment section. Please subscribe to us on YouTube, as well as follow us on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. You can also follow me on Instagram at Davis Owusu. Have a lovely rest of the week. Bye.